Welcome to the I Love Me Too podcast, the podcast that empowers women to heal themselves, love themselves, and most importantly, free themselves. I am your host, Erica Donnell. Today, I will be speaking with Jen the Rainmaker, who is a native dream guide and founder of Dream U University, teaching people how to create their dream lives while sleeping using the ancient practice known as dream planting. Her wisdom and ancient practices have helped many dive deep within to find healing in order to pursue the lives that they deserve. Welcome, Jen. I am so happy to have you on today's episode. Every time that I connect with you, I always leave with a sense of peace and clarity. So I'm really excited uh, to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah, so before we get started, I wanted to ask for anybody that may not be familiar with um, Native Dream Guide, what exactly is that? What is a Native Dream Guide? As a Native Dream Guide, there's a few things that I do, but really the overarching thing I do is I help people with the journey back to themselves, helping them really to guide them on their path to what it is that they desire. The other part of that though, is that my ancestors believed our dreams create our reality. And so I teach different practices that people can use to create the life they desire while they're sleeping. That's awesome. And it wasn't until, because I'm actually a part of your program and it wasn't until I came across who you are and what you do I didn't realize the importance of dreaming. I kind of just thought it's this random thing that we as humans do. And so really learning, you know, what you just spoke to um, has been, it's really fascinating and it's very powerful. And I definitely think, you know, that's why it's so important to teach that and hand down that tradition so that it doesn't get lost. It's, it's a really powerful and beautiful um, tradition. And like you said, we really have a lot of power to change the course of our lives, um, you know, when we, when we are aware of things that we have control over. So, you know, in terms of our dreams, we can definitely make those a living reality. So um, I'm really grateful that, like I said, I've been able to connect with you and join your program. One thing that you and I have in common is that we both have experienced anxiety and I would like to expand on, you know, how did that impact your life at the time you were going through that experience? And what did you use to navigate through and overcome it? What's interesting is that I had my very first actual panic attack while I was in the hospital after I had given birth to my daughter. Mm. I had a nightmare and, or what I thought actually was a nightmare. And in that I was sleeping and I had this dream that her dad had been shot in the middle of the street. Well, death actually represents rebirth and and transformation in the dream world. So to dream of death is actually a good thing, but it frightened me. And I woke up And I could literally see my heart beating. Um, Like, I could see it beating. 
through my gown. And the nurses rushed in. My blood pressure spiked. It was extremely high. They, you know, were kind of trying to see what was happening, what had caused it. And I thought immediately, I'm going to die. I just thought I'm going to die. I'm not going to, you know, see my daughter grow up. And all these things were thoughts were floating around in my head. And then months later, about six months later, I was working out and I had gotten off of the machine. I was cooling down. The same sensation came over me. I could see my heart racing. And mind you, I was cooling down. So I had gotten off of the machine. So my heart wasn't even really beating, you know, as fast because Mm -hmm. I was already done exercising. I was stretching and yet all of a sudden out of nowhere, it starts racing and pounding again. And in my mind, immediately, I thought I'm having an anxiety attack. And I realized that I had had one in the hospital. They didn't know what it was. They hadn't diagnosed me with that yet. But then what proceeded to happen is they started to come more and more frequently. And it got to the point where I was having them daily. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was actually older. So it didn't get to be daily until she was about... I think, let's see, maybe she was six. I'm not like the best when it comes to linear time, <laughs> but I think <laughs> but she it was, was some about time. six. Like after you had her, it was yes. some years had passed. Yeah. yeah, it progressively got worse. So I would have them, you know, every once in a great while, where maybe it was every once, every so many months. But then it got to the point where it was every day. And when it got to that point, you know, her me and her father ended up um, splitting up. The relationship ended. Mm-hmm. And the breakup, that whole experience was really traumatic. And it was a very tumultuous breakup. So there was a lot of stress. And when I had my daughter, um, there was also some things that were happening in the relationship. I had a very stressful pregnancy. So I ended up getting gestational diabetes. I ended up getting, um, you know, having preeclampsia. They had mm-hmm. to end up give, having an emergency C-section. Like all of these incidences oh, wow. had happened. Yeah. yeah. And so when I was having the daily attacks, I was every second of every day having to tell myself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I remember I would take her to school and there were times when I'd have to pull over on the side of the road and just breathe and and say, I'm okay. And there were these meditations that I would listen to that they were like guided meditations that I would listen to that would help me um, when I was experiencing the attacks or when I felt them coming on. I remember taking lots of baths and having lavender oil with me all the time. So when I felt it coming on, I'd put a little lavender oil in my hand and I would just breathe it in and just breathe and tell myself like, you're okay, you're safe. And then also just doing different things to really like take care of myself and you know nurture myself and have that time where I could just be, was extremely important getting rest, you know, allowing myself to um, not overwork myself because 
during that time, I was doing a lot of really stressful work. And then really it was going on a deep healing journey. Uh, When I ended that relationship with her father, we had been together for 14 years and it had gotten to the point where it was extremely toxic and abusive. And I had to really go within, work on myself. And during that time, I was able to uncover a lot of different layers that had actually caused those panic and anxiety attacks. And now I don't have them. You know, the doctor had prescribed me some medicine. I remember when I went to the doctor, but I didn't want to take the medicine because when I looked at the side effects, yes, that made me right. I'm oh my gosh, this is horrible. I don't. I'd I don't rather have anxiety. <laughs> yeah, than yeah, or you know, all these other things that could happen from it. And I don't necessarily suggest that other people do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but for me personally, it was a personal choice to say no. I'm not going to do that because I couldn't. Because literally, it gave me more anxiety, mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. I also would drink lots of water. That always really helped me. So I always had to have water like on me or near me as well. And then now what ended up happening is once the actual panic and anxiety attack stopped, there was this fear that was left over. And the fear was, am I going to have, you know, an anxiety attack? Because I had been dealing with it for so long to not have it, I had to get used to that. And I had to release that fear from my space that it was going to happen again. And it's been years now since I've actually had, you know, any sort of like anxiety or panic attack. There's times I'll get a little, um, I guess you could say nervous about certain Mm -hmm. things, you know, but that's just kind of a normal nervousness. It's not that that anxiety. It's not that heart racing. It's not that thought that I'm going to die or that, you know, pounding heart or anything like that. Yeah. I think once you experience, you know, have the experience of anxiety and like panic attacks, normal nervousness always kind of makes you a little nervous because it's like, uh Oh, is that anxiety coming back in my life? Um, But just realizing that like nerves are a normal part of life and we do go through stress, like Obviously, no one's going to magically live a perfect life going forward. But you and I, I, I knew that you had dealt with anxiety. And I had sensed that it was very similar. But hearing you tell your story around it, it's like almost identical. Because I know for some people, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but just hearing you explain, uh, like, even just your physical symptoms or same thing for me. I always, in the moment of panic, it was for some reason I was going to die. And then I'm like thinking about my children and how are they going to live without me? And like all these really dramatic, drastic thoughts. And, um, I, I actually did try the medication because like you said, you just, you feel so desperate because it just meant it's mentally exhausting and physically too, sometimes. Yes. So I tried the medication and I did have some side effects. And so one of the side effects that I experienced was having like really violent thoughts around hurting my children. And so, of course, naturally that would like freak some, anybody out. 
And, you know, I saw a psychiatrist and they had advised that that's not uncommon and that as your body kind of regulates to the medication, sometimes you do experience, you know, thoughts or feelings. And I personally was not okay with trying to work through that. So I as well opted to not go down the path of medication. I, you know, had a sense and I'm a very spiritual person. So I knew that somewhere within me was a very powerful ability to heal myself. I just didn't quite know how in that moment, but I knew I would figure it out. And I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily know that because it's very hard to realize how powerful you are in, in, a, in the moments when you're at your most vulnerable and you don't feel that power. Like you can't even, there was days that I just felt so helpless. And so, um, you know, very similar to what you felt. So, you know, likewise, I started to really look within myself and anxiety like took me backwards. So I started kind of digging deeper and deeper. And I know um, I am a part of your program, your dream planning program, and you talk about like clearing your energy and dealing with um, like past experiences and ancestral issues. It wasn't until I had my anxiety, I really took a look back at that. And so, you know, there definitely were some things that I experienced as a child. I became a mom at 15, um, you know, and then as a young mom, I ended up, you know, I'm working full time, handling four children, I'm a wife. And so all those things just kind of accumulated over my life. And I had never really dealt with what happened in childhood, um, realizing and giving myself a, a I had been caregiving my whole life. I mean, I was, I helped take care of my brothers and sisters. I became a mom at 15. And so I was always putting everybody before myself and anxiety really forced me to step aside and take time just for myself. So I, I totally hear when you say that you had to, you know, step, pull back and then it led you down kind of a deep journey within. Cause I think it, it definitely does that or when you do that is where you start to heal. Yes. And yeah. And so one of the things that I have also learned from you is when we are calling for things or praying for things that we want in our lives, or, you know, we want to see change or we want to call in, you know, a better job or whatever it may be. Are we clearing space and making room for what we're calling in. And so I kind of wanted you to expand on that as well Is you know, what exactly does that mean? Make room for, you know, the positive things that I'm trying to call into my life. What work does that entail on the back end? Absolutely. And one thing I want to say too, really quickly um, before we move on is I had heard before that when you have a child, if you have been abused, it can actually trigger those different things that you experienced to come to the surface. Hmm. And as a child, I was, I had experienced, you know, sexual abuse. I had even experienced it, you know, through my teens and adulthood mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that because I had a daughter, 
right? Mm. Is that it triggered that fear within me to fear what would happen to her. Oh, yeah. And so I have, exactly, yeah. And they say that trigger can also come at the age your child reaches when you were abused. Mm. And so, you know, I had to deal with all of that too. And also kind of like to your point in terms of dream planting, healing, ancestral things, right? It was yes. like, okay, I know if I don't heal from this, I'm going to pass that on to my daughter because we can pass on these patterns of abuse that we experience. And epigenetics is also the science of it is starting to, and I, I say modern science because our ancestors were scientists mm -hmm. and they talked about this. And so that's why in dream planting, we actually work with seven generations because we know that things get passed on through the bloodline mm -hmm. and the consequences of trauma and abuse get passed on. And so modern science is now starting to catch up with that, where they say they're, they're looking at 13 generations being influenced. Wow. I realized in a training I was doing not too long ago that I actually had to go back 28 generations, which is seven times four. And four is a really significant number in our tradition. And so when we do this kind of work, right? we kind of see how everything is interconnected. And to your point of the question you were asking me in terms of when you're wanting to call something into your life, you have to make room for it. So the, the tradition dream planting comes from a body of knowledge known as Nahualism. It's been passed on through the oral tradition for thousands of years. And it comes from the Chichimeca, Toltec, Aztecs, Mayans. And they preserved these teachings for thousands of years, and we weren't able to share them with the public until recently. For, for 500 years, they were passed down in secrecy, parent to child, teacher to student. Wow. And one of the things that we learn is that in the process of what we call dream planting, which is something you do right before you go to sleep at night, part of that is actually reprogramming the subconscious because, again, uh, modern science is catching up with the fact that we've been programmed to be who we are from the last three months. They say the last three months of being in the womb up until the age of seven. They're now extending it up to 13. And that 95 to 97% of everything we do comes from that programming we received during that time. But there's also the genetic codes, again, the epigenetics that they're going back like 13 generations. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at all of those things, let's say there's somebody that's listening right now and they want to call in an amazing relationship into their life, or they want to call in their dream job, or they want to grow their business. And so let's imagine that they have a cup and their cup is filled with the ancestral issues that have been passed down to them. Their cup is filled with the limiting beliefs that they have about themselves because of what they were told by their parents or their peers or their siblings or their coaches or the 
maybe they were in a toxic relationship where they experienced abuse. So now they don't think that they're even worthy of having these things. Because most people do not at their core feel worthy of having their dream lives. Many of my students have literally told me that they they get the course, right? So they go mm-hmm. through the application, they're accepted, they open it up, and all of a sudden, boom, it hits them. I'm not worthy of this. Who am I to have the life that I desire? Mm-hmm. And then they don't do it and they they push it away or fear comes up for them because it's an unknown. What happens if I, what does it mean for me if I do get these things? What do I have to let go of? What do I have to release? So a lot of people are scared of letting go of the past or releasing certain things because they are comfortable because they, mm-hmm. even if they're not comfortable, quote unquote, they're comfortable. Yeah. Even if they're struggling, they know that struggle. That's a comfortable yeah. struggle. Even if it doesn't feel good, even if it's painful, even if they're crying, even they know it, mm-hmm. they're used to it. Their body has become used to that, that physiological response that they get when they're stressed and overwhelmed, their body becomes used to those different chemicals. And you learn how to just survive through it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And most people are just surviving. So actually the number one addiction is the addiction to suffering. Mm. So we look at all those things and we say, okay, your cup is filled with all these things. And yet you're trying to call all these other things in, but you cannot when your cup is full. So we have to empty ourselves of who we think we are. And we have to find the truth of who we are. So nihilism means the art of I, which is the true I, it's the unlimited one. And so that's why when you talk about what does a, a dream guide do, a native dream guide, part of it is being there with you, shining a light on that path, helping you to see the way to remember the truth of who you are and to remember that all of that power exists within you, not me. Mm. So it's not to make you dependent on having me or anybody else. It's to give you the, those tools that you can use for the rest of your life so that you can go down this path to find out and to get to where it is that you're seeking. But part of that is letting go and releasing the trauma that you've experienced or the ancestral issues that have been passed down or these limiting beliefs that you have. You know, there's, there's a lot to it, right, mm-hmm. in that sense. But yeah. most people, They want to just kind of, they go into programs for manifestation and all they're focused on is the manifestation. But the first step of that is releasing and and making room. And that's kind of when I joined, that's kind of where my mindset was around. I thought, okay, it's going to be like manifestation and affirmations and it is. But like you said, it definitely puts you on the path of a journey where you're going to go deep within and you're going to do some clearing and you're going to I I think for me, like, I was a hesitant at first, too, because you know that you're about to face some stuff that you've either tried to forget or bury or you think that you've come out of. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, the core of us really knows I have some pretty significant stuff over here that I'm going to have to face um, 
to in order to start this journey. But what I had to realize is, you know, it may be difficult, it may feel ugly and kind of take you back to that place, you know, in whatever may have happened or that you've experienced. But when you think of the outcome and what's on the other side of that, why would I not want to go through a little bit of difficulty to then find my freedom and to really truly live peacefully and abundantly. And like you said, I definitely still to this day, you know, I, I work through not feeling worthy and I didn't realize that I felt that way. And a lot of it is going through, you know, your program and realizing, wow, subconsciously that has to be what it is because I want these things. I want to be motivated and I want to go after things that are important to me and dreams that I have. One of, one of those dreams is this podcast. And so I've definitely had to st step outside of my comfort zone and be willing to go deep and face the things that we a lot of times like to, to hide from and think that, you know, we'll just keep moving forward and eventually it'll just kind of um, disappear. And I know definitely for me and my, with my anxiety, me just kind of, coping and surviving, I believe that my anxiety, it, it was the, the accumulation of all the stuff that I had never dealt with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for your dream planting um, program, you, you pretty much kind of explained what you do, but, you know, if somebody is interested uh, in learning more about the program, you know, what, what would they need to do and who is the program really designed for? Is there kind of a target um, client that this is meant for? Yeah, so they can go to dreamyouyouuniversity.com and on there, there's, uh, you know, a wait list and application that they can fill out. And then once they fill out that, they can schedule a call. Okay. The, pro the program is actually, it's open to you know, anybody in terms of men and women, um, however people identify gender wise, it's really meant for people that are going to use it in a good way. It's meant for people that are really ready to go through and to implement the practices because it's one thing to sign up. It's another thing to complete. It's another thing to implement. And so it's for those that are really ready to do that deep inner work um, that are ready to face what we call, you know, their underworlds. Mm -hmm. So that are ready to heal the ancestors, to heal themselves, to reprogram their subconscious, to help also free their future generations and those that have those desires and anybody that the program resonates with. You know, I feel like it's one of those things where you're just kind of called to it. You don't know yes. why, you don't have all the details, but you're like, you know what, there's something about this I know that's for me. And those are usually the ones that are like the best fit. That's so accurate because that's exactly how I felt. And we had a conversation the other day and I said, you know, there was just something in me that was like, I have to do this. I just was very... I had, you know, seen about the program and looked at the website and kind of was contemplating on it. But I don't know, just one day I kind of looked at it again and there was something, this just desire calling me towards it. And, you know, that's when I signed up. So it definitely happens that way. 
Uh, are there any other social media platforms that you want to share or just the website? Yeah, I'm on Facebook and it's Jen the Rainmaker, one N J E N the Rainmaker. I am on Instagram and LinkedIn as well under okay. Jen the Rainmaker. And I'll also have that information posted in the show notes. So before we go, I have one final question for you. And that is, what do you love most about yourself? Hmm. What do I love most about myself? I would say it's my curiosity. It's my desire for learning and for bettering myself and also my desire to leave this world. Um, I don't want to say better than I found it, but just the knowing that the things that we do are going to impact the future generations. We're always looking seven generations ahead, but for me now I'm starting to look 28 generations ahead. And that's a really, something that's really important to me that the things that I do help the next generations that are coming, not just my bloodline, but you know, all of the generations and, um, that's something that's always been a part of me. So I would say, I think I love those things the most. Yeah. And I, I think you're definitely doing that and I appreciate it. I know, like I said, whenever I connect with you, I, I'm always left feeling really good and really peaceful. And I just appreciate that about you. And I'm learning, continuing to learn so much from you. Um, so I just, I thank you for your time. I thank you for accepting my invitation to be on the show. As you know, this is a newly launched podcast and I'm really excited for all that's to come with it and the people, the women that I'll be able to touch. So I appreciate your time and I thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember until next time you are valuable you are worthy and it's okay to say, I love me too.